You're gonna dig this. The Fly Fidelity Podcast is the solution. It's the best. Check it out. You wanna get super fly, fly. Details just ahead. Do you love credible content, but, but, but hate how long you have to wait? And who wants super thick and frothy dumpster juice with rat corpses in it? There's a better way. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly. Fly. Fly Fidelity. Fidelity. Fly Fidelity Podcast. Fly Fidelity, baby. Fidelity, baby. Fidelity. With your host, Luke Bailey. Fidelity, what's going on and welcome back to another episode. This week, two of the UK's most unique and foremost purveyors of grit and grace, Sonny Jim and the Purist, join us on a podcast. On this episode, we discuss the making of White Girl Wasted, collaborating with the likes of the late great MF Doom, Mad Lib and more. Enjoy the conversation. Uh. Lived in Paris Hilton at the Paris Hilton Boulder hold the money folder like mad villain I know mad villains Park the bros in the pool Doing wild things like Matt Dillon You know the man, the know the mantra Mandy in the van to pop the shams Chop the Dutch master Iron Sheik in the sheepskin Pulling on the G-pen Can't feel my face like the weekend I just poured an eighth in a litre Dropped two pills and missed my plane to Geneva Popping Percocet in Panama, Menage a Trois, with Mandy and a Zaniba. Everyone can get it like a stock photo, racking up a ticket in the box logo. Becky wanna know where I got the flake from, she white girl wasted with my shades on. I wanted to start with the cover. I haven't seen an album cover that candidly embodies the themes and textures as Mr. Crumb's design for White Girl Wasted does. Can you speak to collaborating on a design and the impact the Simpsons had on yourselves and your consciousness growing up as kids in the 90s? Massive, massive, massive Simpsons, Simpsons fan. Like, huge, huge fan of the show. You know, you're watching it since day one. I mean, the latter series now are a bit trash, but the, the Golden Age first six series were just incredible. But with the album cover, we were just trying to do something that was very, very different something that almost didn't look like a rap um, album cover, something that looked like maybe a Daft Punk cover or some sort of pop shit. Just do something that's really, really completely, you know, going against the grain of what everyone's doing. You know, not a picture of some guy toting a gun or a picture of crack cocaine or just something cheesy like that shit. Just doing something different than arty. And yeah, that's just a, a, an idea we had. And um, Mr. Crumb finessed it to the highest degree, you know, redrew everything. Yeah, beautifully and it just yeah it looks, it looks good yeah I wanted a picture of just me on the cover but Lawrence went with that <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just playing yeah I mean yeah one 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 thing that was um, that we definitely both agreed on we wanted we didn't want it to look like no rap cover we wanted it to just look and, and you know what one thing like love it or hate it when you see it it stands out and it it was a bit of intrigue and you go and check it for what the amount of people who have checked it just because off the back of the cover, who didn't know either of us um, speaks to that, that notion. There's, there's a correlation going on here with this art imitating life and life imitating art in this cover. 
you know, it, it comes from a similar lived experience whilst you were making it, doesn't it? Can you talk about that experience and perhaps share any moments from Outlook Festival that fueled any of the bars and the making of these songs specifically? So I did an interview yesterday with one guy and he said to me, were you really doing drugs when you made this album? And he said, how much percentage of the time? And I had a quick total up in my mind and I said, probably a hundred. So yeah, it's life imitating art. That's exactly what we were doing in all honesty. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun to be fair, wasn't it? It was great. <laughs> Go on, Sonny, tell the story. <laughs> what story? I don't know, what were we doing? We, yeah, you were saying, was it like, Oh, and I was just saying, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think that's a safe, that's safe to say, yeah. Well, stay in school. Yeah, yeah. Take your vitamins. <laughs> vitamins, all the vitamins over here. No, that's the, that's the American audience, Sonny. Come on. Yeah, sorry, I forgot where we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how long did it take for you guys to put together this project? So we've been working on it for quite a few years, but it wasn't like we were going to the studio every day. We just went to the studio when we went to the studio and just kept making it better, kept making more songs, just kept working. When, 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 did, we, when did we, sorry, I can't speak, man. When did we record um, uh, Bar Simpson? 2018 is... Yeah, so that was the first track, 2018. Yeah, when we came back from Croatia, it was... That it was that it was twenty yeah twenty eighteen was when we started working on it, um, but we never we never worked on it. Went oh this has got to be the the album date. Oh no, drop here. Nah, no, 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 no. We were just working, making songs, like you know we mentioned before. What's well, up? Eh? So we were just there we're making songs. We we made a lot more songs than what's on here. I think we might have made up to like eighty songs, maybe. Wow. Is that fair to say? Yeah. <coughs> Not all finished songs, but just ideas. Nah, nah. And like different verses and different versions and like, yeah. So you're talking about a four-year process. Do you remember a specific moment making this project where you thought this is starting to come together? You know, we've got a musical style and identity. We've got our own world within a world making this. What was the, you know, that eureka moment for you guys making this? Yeah, honestly, I think we knew straight away. I think, I think actually, Bar Simpson might have been the first song we did, and it was just instant. And do you know what? We could have made many different incarnations of this album. We could have made a Malbec two. We could have done what we've done now, or done some next left field shit. But yeah, no matter what we did, it would have turned that well. It has turned that well. But I'm glad we chose this direction because you know it's just. Just a UK album that's something very different. You know who's done this? Yeah, if we if we, if we were just trying to do some rap shit or we're just some stripped down, like you know, pimp rap, fucking swag, whatever. <laughs> we could li- 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 <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I use those words. You know, dress it up when you when you when you do it. Um, <laughs> but you know, we could have done that in a week. Literally, literally, yeah, we literally in to, a week. You, I, you, you know what, the, what what kept coming up when we were talking about it? The word cult. And okay. that's why the 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 artists that we got on there were in our minds cult. Mm. Whatever fashion rap music goes in and comes in and out of them, whichever way it's 
head turns. These guys are always going to be here in their own lane for doing some Don shit. Do you know what I mean? You mentioned MF Doom. You mentioned the word cult. Talk about Bar Simpson, which you mentioned earlier. How does that come about? Were there any doubts about Doom turning around his verse? You know, knowing about this myth and the stories about Doom. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Listen, when when we gave him, <laughs> when we gave him his first half, me and Lawrence went, "We good if we lose this, yeah." You never know, it. We went, all right, yeah, cool. We're taking a punt. And Doom came through two days later, one day later. And and and, 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 with the, and, the, and the great story about that song is... That 40 he, bars. Yeah, yeah. So we obviously, um, he gave him the space for 16, maybe. And he came, came back, was it a 32 or, or a 40? And um, he, he loved the song and wanted to keep the song for his own project. He wanted to use it for the cartoon shit, innit? The adult swim shit. Yeah, the adult swim. We were like, nah, man, we can't have it. We we love the song. It's for our album. It's our first track. And then obviously, it stayed with us. But he was was a big fan of the song. He loved it. It sounds like a doom beat. Yeah. It really does. I mean, I'm a genius, aren't I? So, I'm a genius. (laughs) (laughs) Did you write your verse for the doom joint, you know, which also features Jay Electronica. Do you write this after the fact that a verse has come in, or do you write it no. after? Oh, yeah. Here's a story for you. So, because Purist has got all these samples here, so I'm going to the studio and, like, he's fronting on me, not letting me take these samples on. Fronting, brother, if I don't know I am. So they're like. <laughs> <laughs> so basically like you know I, I do and like so that's why I understood and, and I, so 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 I went back and um I remembered the um the Bar Simpson beat in my head and uh I wrote to it on loop in my mind and then when I got back to the studio the next day he went yo you got any bars and I went yeah I watched this and we done it first yeah I kid you not, yeah, first take, one take, that was done. And I had no idea Doom was getting on it. If I knew Doom was getting on it, my verse would have been very different. I wouldn't have really wanted to have to write my verse after Doom and Jay. We sent that shit to Doom with my verse on there. And we and we, um, and we tracked it on like, and it was in like an SM58 or some real sort of... Yo, no pop deal, no mic. nothing. We thought it was going to be a yeah. We thought it was going to be... It was the first rap of the day we got there. Done whatever, whatever he goes, yo, what you got? And I just done that rap, and that's what we end up keeping. No pop shield, no nothing. Shout out to Budgie, we was in his yeah. crib. Oh, yeah, in some fucking little spare room, yeah, man. And we done it, and it sounds marvelous. Salute, all brothers, bless up, even rappers up in daddy's closet playing dress up. Real spiffy, spark a cigar for ya. Speak to only bosses, regards to your employer. Tom Sawyer, skedaddle, fake it till they make it. Three ratchets press up to their grill and a strip naked. Nah, 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 wait, pause, no whole mills. Loose change for first class flights and phone bills. Dope kills. Stress to get your faster, let off an open ocean. Toast in a heat blaster. Bang, bang, you rang. Doom got a new dang. Reunited like Wu Tang. Punks pay for Poon Tang. How does it mm. feel being the first and last artist to have Mad Villain featured on your album? Uh, I mean... In the UK. Oh, you know I see what, what you mean Brad? now, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I never, never thought even, about that. Yeah, I never <laughs> even considered... Because we haven't used the name Mad Villain anywhere, Right. I never really considered that, but that's crazy. 
It's, it's funny you say that. Me and, me and Puris were with um, Freddie Gibbs and his manager the other day, and they were saying Gibbs, I don't know if it's for this album he's just dropped or the one he's about to do. Right. He's got the last J-Lib feature. Oh, wow. And I was like, right, that's, you know what I mean? Like, you never even, but yeah, Mad Villain, I'd know. We, we, yeah, you know what? Me and Puris never, we'd never even considered that. Yo, Puris, that's a, that's a, a good angle for some press. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> I was just thinking back to like, was it ping pong with Freddie and his manager we were doing? Was yeah, yeah, that's that funny. Oh. Ping pong with Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> Lol. How does the Madlib connection come about for Does Mushrooms Once? Starts to his um his. Oh, go on, go on. No, no, go on, go on, go ahead. No, 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 you go on, please. Go on. Well, I was gonna say, bro, all these connections come from because like. You've been in the game for so long, you know everyone who knows someone who knows someone in it if you don't right. know them in it. It's really, at this stage, it's really easy for us to get anyone in it. Yeah, so I suppose as well, when the strength of your works to a, to a, you know, a certain level and you've got a decent CV of names behind oh, you. Guys, I'm really you're sorry, spoken yeah, about I've got a call coming in. Can I just answer this and get back to you? Oh, hold on. Sorry, one sec. Two thousand years later, six and a half hours later, a few inches later, day two, day three, day four, a few moments later. <coughs> so yeah, basically what I was saying was at this stage, being in the game so long, um, between me and Lawrence and our network, it's pretty much easy to get anyone in it. And when you've got a quality product and like a discography to speak for itself, like both of us have, it was quite easy to get hold of all of these people in it. Yeah, that's that's the um the unromantic truth. It wasn't it wasn't rocket science. It was actually quite easy. You described this album as an album born out of hard work, luck, and debauchery. But but you use this word. <laughs> you know, I don't think the word luck really does yourselves justice with all the graft you've put in within your careers. Well, I, well, I tell I tell you why 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 luck. I mean, that was actually written. That was a quote we took from someone who. Uh, who was writing something, uh, and we, you know, they, it, was a, it was a review. It was a review, wasn't it? it was yeah, review. yeah. The, so that, that that was a piece that someone wrote, and we we took that from there. But I thought it was Got so it. poignant because I will say luck because even the best guys don't get some shit with doom. Even the best guys don't get no J Elect verse. Shut the door. Do you know what I mean? So that's that that's where the luck came in. Like there's there's people who have got way more high profiles and way better songs, I'd say even, um, than that than us, but that's mine. But um but they but but they they still don't get a J Lec verse. I've said this before, but there was like a a Royce thing that I was reading that he was saying they were trying to get the J Lec verse for a year or so when they were doing the prime thing and then they thought they weren't going to get it. All of a sudden it came in. We got in like two days. <laughs> you got it overnight. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, hard work, but just a bit luck was on our side, didn't it? You know yeah. what I mean? Do you know what? You do make your own luck. You do make your own luck. And a lot of the things we, we aim for the sky. So we, we, we tried to get the best people we could on there as, as features. And, you know, if you didn't try to get them, it wouldn't have happened. You know, if you don't buy a ticket, you can't win nothing. Absolutely. So that's what, what the luck comes in for me. You make your own luck. 
Was there anybody you wanted to get on the album who either couldn't deliver or delivered after the fact, after you finished the album? I mean, we were thinking of getting Bronson on there, but he was writing his book at the time. So, yeah, so so, so 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 Bar Simpson was going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be Sonny, then Doom, Sonny, then, Sonny, then Doom, and then um, Bronson. But yeah, wow. he's busy, he can do it. That would have been the first four Bronson uh, collaborating with Doom as well, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. And the only person to think of as well, I think Trellion was going to be on 999 Cup. going on if you are still listening to this episode and enjoying the podcast why not become a patron of fly fidelity at patreon.com slash fly fidelity becoming a patron means you are directly supporting our show and helping us to create a new episode each and every week it also means that as a thank you for being a super supporter you'll be able to access exclusive content to you including patron updates, offers and discounts, a monthly secret podcast, early access, and so much more. What is it that the purest pulls from you that makes working with him so special? And what have you learned about collaborating with somebody as rare as the purest is? We're talking about a producer who doesn't cut corners when it comes to quality, knowledge and execution. They, you know, these are energizing uh, qualities. I hope to you're going to ask him this this question in reverse, yeah? <laughs> of no, course. I'm being dead serious. That's my next question. <laughs> no, no, I'm playing. Um, so, yeah, do you know what? You know, the, like, the, the beautiful thing about the whole situation was, I think we taught each other bare shit, do you know what I mean? We'd be in the studio together and just, like... And also, we, 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 we were learning shit as well together on the spot, do you know what I mean? Right. You've been in the studio so much and you work so much, you know, you just find out shit, like, like I'm, I'll be showing him rapper shit, he'll be showing me production shit, do you know what I mean? It's just like... Yeah, it was it, it was cool, man. We, we, we had a great time. Were you hands-on with any of the choices made when it comes to the transitions and skits on this? No, we, we were... we were. This was a collaboration, bro. bro we made... I would probably say we made 90% of it together in the studio. This weren't no, oh, yeah, I'll send you this, I'll send you that. It, it weren't that at all. Right. You know what I mean? So I was I was picking the beats. He was picking the beats. He was writing the rhymes for me. We was at skits, everything. Like I, I'd hear something go, okay, yeah, this is for the album. He'd send me something. What do you think about this? You know what I mean? Like it was it was a full on collaboration, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking about a project made pre COVID. Yeah, yeah. It was basically it was pretty much it was pretty much yeah. done before COVID started. I think, except for the Mad Lib tune and the artwork. Can you talk about those ideas that you were talking about earlier, those tracks you didn't finish, those tracks you did keep, the ideas that didn't make it and died, the ideas that might have triggered the making of other songs and subject matter? (laughs) We had one called $300 million later, and it was all wrapped from the point of Mike Tyson after his spunks. After he'd spunked all his money. Wow. That was pretty cool. We had one called, um, what was that one about? 
the, the, the girl who was a crackhead or something. What was that called? There was one about me rapping no, bad, about... Bad, ha- no, bad habit. Bad, bad habit. Can a girl just have a little habit? Remember that one? Yeah. Was that the yeah, one me rapping about my fish? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just playing. No, um, no. Um, yeah, do you know what? We did bear songs, but Purist was quite adamant, and I'm glad. I'm glad that we 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 came to this decision because he was saying like everything's got to be undeniable, unquestionable. So like you know when you see like twenty track projects mm. and like four four five six songs of filler and you just get lost and you just think whatever we ain't trying to just make tracks and put the track out just because we made it we're trying to make something special in it so it's, it was only the special shit that that made it to the project in it what can you tell me about making no face no case uh, well i'll tell you, you this telling that story well so the two parts telling that story. the two parts for this story the first part is the sample to that song exists in like the world's worst, like Latvian polka or polka, sorry, style um, song. And you get halfway through the song, that sample kicks in for 15 mm. seconds, then goes back to Spartan's bizarre sort of jazzy polka, so polka weird vibe. So, yeah, the actual sample being found full stops a miracle. It's, 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 it's insane. Um, you know, so, someone, so second, second thing is. Go on. Go on, go on, go on. No, no, go on, go on, go on, finish. The second part is I don't think he suddenly actually wanted to do the song at first. And I literally kept on going on and on and on and on for about no, two years. And no, then no, finally, no, no. Wait, is that not okay, true? It wasn't that. So, 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 two, so two things. So, someone hit me up the other day. So, so, someone hit me up the other day on Instagram. They were like, yo, what's the, what's the sample of No Face, No Case? I'll pay you for the information. And I just went, oh, it's some Hungarian folk record. And I went, mate, you know what? You're not going to be able to find that. There's no way. And he went, I will, I will. And I was like, all right, all right, pal. Because this, like, even where where this that break is in the record, it's like five minutes into into some horrible fucking... I don't even know how Purist made it that far into the record <laughs> because it's literally like eight, eight seconds of the record then it goes back into the horrible shit. And it's unlistenable, but, so it? how... It's unlistenable. It's unlistenable. Yeah, it's like yeah, horrible. It's, yeah. That's why, that's why the beat is just the beat and there's no other parts to it. So how I don't know if you remember this, Lawrence, how we made the what made that song. I had a bar from some other song. It was actually a, a beat by Napper from Five Live Cypher that I had done. And I had a bar from that song. And I came and wrapped that verse. It was like a four-minute verse. And I wrapped it over the No Face, No Case. And we went back and tried to mimic that same flow it was like some real unorthodox like off key flow but we never could do it but i was trying to ditch that song and purist was like nah nah i believe in it i believe in it so i just remember what he was saying and i'm really glad with what we what, what we got now but originally that was like a four minute song well you mentioned a transition can you speak to that transition and some of the transitions on this album purist yeah, man, it was just, just, I think, Sonny actually found quite a few of the um, sort of, you know, the sort of clips from films and stuff and that sort of thing. And, uh, for example, on, on the end of No Face, No Case, those are the records I just picked up over the past sort of 20 years of digging. And I have like a little folder, like a little interludes folder of things, people just saying, like, cool shit in songs. We can take a little bit out of it and make it into an outro. And I just had like five or six of them, and they all were about drugs. 
So we put them at the end of notes, like no face, no taste, and it makes quite a nice little transition. Yeah. And of course, you're in an undisclosed location right now when Brazil digging today. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Right here. It's hot, <laughs> it's hot as fuck. I'm covering ants and shit. Covering <laughs> ants and like bizarre white powders. It's bizarre, yeah. It's crazy. When you guys think about, you know, and reflect on your collaboration, Murder in My Mailbook, do you see any evolution in the way you've worked together with this being your second time officially collaborating? I mean, it's just a different piece of work, isn't it? And I think that's what all, 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 all pieces should be. They should be different to each other, innit? Mm. Like, that was... Like, we could have made... Like, like we were saying before, we could have made another Muddy Bomb Albic in a week, but we were just trying to make something completely different. And also, one thing I will say, um, when I was... When we were working together, like, Purist is a big fan of, like, coming back to the song and reworking, back to the song reworking. I'm more like, ah, oh, boom, we do the joint. That's how it came out. It is what it is. Next one. But I think one great result of like going back to the song and just reworking is it ends up being more timeless because it's just a better song. Ah, get your shooter shot. My shooter got a shotty in the shoebox, smoking on the moon rock. Two in the queue. Nah, follow, follow. Yo, yo, let me just find extra. Um, what's up, what's up? Yeah, yeah. Peace, Aki. Roll the cookie with the biscotti. Blood looking like a thotty with a thick body. The god body. The gun got bodies like John Gotti. Got a jump off trying to jump on me. Just boxed off a bottle of Kavasi. I got pills on me. No Bill Cosby. Two zips and a 50 on me. At the wheel like Ricky Bobby. Bobby's trying to big and pop me. You piggybacking in the video like Diddy dancing. Flip the sample like I flip the salmon. Sniff it off the porcelain. We ain't portioning. Plastic cup, pour the potion in. No face, no case. Tell your man, turn the camera off. Keep playing with the cannon. That's how man gets shot. Cut the lights, cured the crop. Pruned it, bagged it. Moved. I was going to say one thing about this album is that I don't think it's really been picked up on quite yet. It's just the level of triple and double entendres and meanings to the lyrics. So you hear it first, listen, yes, it sounds cool, but when you actually go into it, mm. you know, some of the lines literally have like four meanings. There's layers to this thing. Once we take yeah. the shit to yeah. genius and just break all the shit down, like the lyrics are really, <laughs> they sound fucking stupid saying it from me saying it, but they're really, really clever. There's a lot of layers to them. And I think that one thing that makes music timeless to me is, you know, when you hear some shit, you think you know the whole song, and then 10 years later, you'll hear a song and you'll get a bar in a different way, and you'll be like, oh, shit. And then, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think with this, there's going to be a lot of that. Let's talk about your run as a solo artist. You cut your teeth, you know, through battle scars and in a battle rap circuit. How does it feel navigating a space and era where you don't have to worry about competing with anybody, but your own ability as an artist? You seem to have, you know, this ideal situation releasing this record on Dope. Can you speak to that? Um, it feels really good, but up until more recently, up until I saw a bit of success, or at least what I think of a bit of success is, I was, um, I felt like I was competing with people and I was, 
it, it was it, it was slightly frustrating, especially seeing other people get some shine where I'm like, man, these guys are shit in it. There's a lot of sh fucking shit guys who are getting props in it. And so it can be a bit, it was a bit frustrating. But now getting the props, I th that's completely gone out of my mind. I never think I'm competing with anybody or mm. anything like that. Mm. You know, and, and I wish them all the success in the world. But yeah, I'm doing my thing in it. And it feels real liberating. But that's only been maybe in the, in the last th three, four years, maybe. What was the project where you felt stability as an artist? Um... I would say maybe Muddy My Malbec. Before that, possibly um, the project I did with Leaf Dog, How to Tame Lions. That was where like there was a slight change. But I think Muddy My Malbec, you know, when I when 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 I put that album out and when I did the videos for that and all that, I felt like that could compete on any any music platform. The look, the sound, the professionality, or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. Are you a perfectionist? Am I a, perfect, am I a perfectionist? Nah, definitely not. Not at all. I'd say I'd say I'd say I'd say purist is. And that's why it was a great in between with both of us what we what we do. Because he is he won't he 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 won't he won't stop until all things right. I would go as far to say that the purist was at the forefront of a turning point for how, you know, we quantify the quality bar and keep the conversation of value and a perception around value alive in rap. Can you both talk about, you know, the sequencing process for this project and the reason you choose tracks and lose tracks for projects? I think we found the sequencing for this really, really, really easy. I don't think there's much sort of conversation about or arguments about where things should go. I think you, you know easy. what? I've got to say, I think I left that down to purists. I trusted his judgment. I was happy with the order he picked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we if there wasn't something that I was, then we'd discuss it and decide why. And we might have moved stuff around as well. But I think, you know, he was, he had the producer hat on at the time. And I think that he, you know, he, I trusted his judgment and I think he got it right in it. Mm, I'd agree. I'd agree. I ask because it's eight tracks, of course. It's a real short project, which isn't a problem by any means. So I did want to put another two on there. I mean, not that we had the two. But... <laughs> yeah, another five years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was his answer. Um, yeah, you got the two. My, my, my thing was just keep it, keep, keep it short. Keep it mega short. These days, people's right. attention span is so, yeah. so short. It's so true. Just, 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 do you know what? The famous phrase, leave them wanting more. Yeah. And, we, and, we, and, we, and we gave you a Mad Lib track and we've got a track with Primo and we've got Doom and we've got JLEC on there and it bangs so like people can say it's too short but maybe it's being greedy put that in your pipe and smoke it <laughs> it works because you're leaving people fiending for these tracks yeah. but you're not leaving people overdosed as an outcome of these tracks either yeah but absolutely yeah yeah but are you satisfied at eight tracks that are mostly barely two minutes i gotta be honest man i do want more so i'm gonna ask you guys where are we at beyond this release what kind of world are you guys planning to occupy next knowing how many songs you've recorded together is there another plate on the way i mean i don't think we'd ever go back to them songs no no but someone asked us this the other day and what i said was 
it's going to be a tough act to follow. If you can't How do you top, top it, this? Why, yeah, then why bother? For a UK rap project, like really, when you think about this, who, who, who's fucking with it? Puff daddy's getting maced, hit the Cali in the bass, rock the valley with the bass. Man the bulb like planet of the apes, interplanetary man, man is cutting shapes. The bars are spaced out like a flying saucer, I keep a bag on me like a dog walker. Throw the alley oop, what a corker, your man was hanging out on the wrong corner. Blow. Get used to it. Spots locked. I let him fuck around. I'm on the inside of something big. My pupils were dilated. I was definitely on mushrooms that night. And I actually created the majority of my positive affirmation coloring book on mushrooms. How do you guys think you're practicing improvement within your craft as a way to become the best version of yourselves artistically? How are you finding new ways to not stay in a past and elevate what we're talking about? Just by having ridiculously high standards mm. <laughs> and not getting, not, not drinking the Kool-Aids when people are saying you're great. Just keep, you know, keep working at it. Keep Staying humble, chiseling. Trying to, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe not humble, but yeah. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just doing what you do all the time, isn't it? If you're just in there, just working, 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 you become a don, isn't it? Yeah. If you do something every day, whatever it is, you become really good at it. And if you start at it really good and work hard, you get to where I am. Yeah, that's even more in it. If you're already good, then it's like you're already wearing a gold medal. You're cooking on gas. Where do you consider this among your projects, respectively? Because to me, this might be the one for both of you. It's, it's, uh, too, I mean, it's too early to say, I think, for me. Too early to say. Time, time will tell, I think. Time will tell. It's easy to go, oh, this is the best one because of the features. Mm. It would be interesting if you stripped all the features away. Then is this the best one for both of us? I've never <laughs> even thought about that before. I'm just being mad philosophical. Deep. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to Eddie Sancho as well for mixing this project and making it sound like oh, What a fucking don. He's His mixes are unbelievable. unbelievable. Legendary. You know what? I, I think I'm, everything from now on, I'm going to get mixed by Eddie Sancho. How does that one come about? That link? Yeah, like everything else, bro, we did our research. We knew who does the best job me, what? Personally. I was in um I was in Amsterdam with Alchemist and I was talking to him about um covert uh covert coup or covert coup, you know, mm. um and I was talking to him at length for that album because it's one of my favourite albums. I was like, Yeah, by the way, who mixed that? It's like, yeah, it's Eddie Sancho. I was like, ah right, Eddie Sancho. I know Eddie. And I did stick in the back of my head for a while. And when it came time to mix it, I was like, Oh yeah, shout out Eddie. Sweaty. And he and he's very good. He's very, very good. And also, and also, also mastered by Jonah Porter. He's amazing as well. He's got a couple of Grammys for mastering. So, yeah, yeah do you know what? We I'm glad you brought Eddie Sancho up. We ain't giving them man enough props, man. Them man smashed it. Absolutely, it's real. Authentic hip hop, this raw core. 
got the rock cooking, that's that rock cooking. Rock raider rolling round, ready rock pushing. Serving nitties, swerve through the city in a 650. Blood pump bumping biggie, rocking like Rick Rubin. Split the Cuban. Old school Scotty Pippin hooping, and I'm splashing like Aquafina. Got drive like Kazuki Nakajima. Suzuki with the Nakamichi deck, pop the speaker. Gin with the Arbentina. Got the banging blueberry like Darky Freaker. Uh, used to steal my granddaddy's beamer. He ain't had no license, I ain't have one neither. Watching the game with the door open. Little homie with the test to run the porch smoking. My mind cutting up the sample like Periquo. This shit's banging, it must be primo. Absolutely, it's real. Authentic hip hop, this raw cause. This is the matter of fact. That boom back. Maintain, do your thing. Absolutely, it's real. Authentic hip hop, this raw I wish I could show my appreciation for this podcast. I wish I could respond to it somehow or be notified in the future when Fly Fidelity updates because it's so great. But I don't think there's a way I can do any of those things. Uh-oh. You're wrong. <laughs> Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud and never miss an episode. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. My peoples, are you with me where you at?